Whole Being, a podcast on wholeness with Ariane and Maximilian. Hi, everyone, and welcome. Hi, everyone. Welcome. How are you today, Ariane? I'm doing great. I'm extremely inspired and motivated to talk about this theme today. How about you, Max? Yes, I, I'm very eager to, to dive into something that, you know, maybe we haven't dove in or dived into. Um, dove in. Let's <laughs> dove in those waters. Dove in. I'm dove right now. I don't know right I apologize for this, but you know, this is, I think, where I show people that it's only, it's not my native language. It is only the, (laughs) my my second language. And I guess some words really uh, make me blow my cover here. (laughs) Well, it's it's my first language. And I've certainly said all kinds of Dovin before on these (laughs) podcasts. So go go for it, Max. You're doing great. (laughs) Yeah, I'm, I'm really excited to dive into this today. The topic itself is perceptions of power. Maybe to create a little bit of context here, uh, here in Canada, we we just had national elections. People that know that I'm from Germany, there's elections that are taking place very, very soon in Germany as well. And there's just a lot of talk about power in general in, in the world. In the midst of, of COVID-19, I think it's made people very aware of okay where do we see the power to be to be you know who do we think is actually in power when it comes to proposing new regulations that obviously doesn't just apply to canada it applies to i think pretty much every country in the world at this point and it's just brought up a lot of questions so we were guided today, intuitive, very intuitively today, to talk about this topic of perceptions of power and what it means to to be in power, to have power, and also how easily we can we can buy into the illusion of thinking that we're either in power or we have no power at all. Yeah, thank you for saying all of that, Max. This is a time where we are finally remembering where the real power is. I think we've all been in a very deep sleep, really deep hypnosis, where we have given so much of our power away. So by power, I mean our ability to choose for ourselves, to direct ourselves, to create the life that we are truly calling to live ourselves like to create that ourselves it's our power to speak what we really want it's like literally the power to be who we are in this life that we want to create it's like we've given so much of that away for so many different reasons and it would be would be interesting to look at the reasons why we have given those power these powers away and what it's done is it's is it's created a very sickly system so when you have a planet of truly godlike beings, <laughs> literally <laughs> brilliant, brilliant beings on a planet that is absolutely brilliant, when you have this and those beings forget their incredible, brilliant nature and forget the brilliant nature of nature, 
it creates a very sickly off balanced relationship, primary relationship, and this relationship being now with systems and leaders and hierarchy. So then we have these sickly figures that come in and take advantage of that. No finger pointing here that we can really do because we forgot. I do believe, and we have explored this before, Max, where, you know, everything is designed from a very benevolent and divine space. So we can say that this forgetfulness, forgetting of our nature, was meant to happen. These sickly energies that came in to take advantage of that was also designed to happen in some benevolent design, uh, divine uh, sense. And now we're in a situation where we're being revived, we're, we're awakening and remembering what has happened, <laughs> because what's happened is literally a, a hypnosis. Thank you so much for sharing this, especially one of your last elements there, where you said, this benevolence is really shining through in all of the the struggles that we that we're faced with and that we've been facing because it is through these these struggles in quotation marks it is through the pain it is through the agony the darkness you know all of these things that we would consider to be negative that our chains are being rattled that we're being awoken again that we are being inspired and stimulated to remember to remember our wholeness and to remember our our power that lies within our wholeness. It, it often comes back to what I experienced in my personal life when I de dealt with so much chronic pain. It really is those moments where we experience something that we would consider to be so incredibly negative in our lives. But then in in retrospect, when we look back at it again, we go, wow, this was actually the biggest catalyst for change. This, this was the biggest catalyst for me to wake up and to remember everything that is important. And I see this in this world, too, with, with this whole pandemic that is taking place. First and foremost, for me personally, it's always been the pandemic of fear. And fear, I've said this um, on this podcast before, there is no neg nothing negative about fear. There is, there is no need to attach positive labels or negative labels or concepts to fear. Fear just is what it is. And that is, it is a lot of energy. It's a lot of energy that has a lot of potential. In other words, it has a lot of power. And we can utilize this fear, you know, and fear is actually just an opportunity for us to stop right where we are and then just look around and assess, okay, what is taking place right now? Why am I so scared right now? What is happening that makes me feel that I'm threatened right now, that I have to fear for either my life or just for something else? Fear is very benevolent to put it that way. And this pandemic of fear, it's really, it's already allowed a lot of people to wake up, to wake up to their power and realize that the power lies within themselves, that they have the power to choose, even if some of the 
the superficial levels of choice are being taken away, whether that is through a vaccination passport or something else. But the power still always lies within us. And that is something that fear can make us realize just by rattling our chains, just by waking us up. The other thing that I f always find very interesting is through my work, I've learned that if we want to understand the world and understand ourselves at the same time, it's always good to look for patterns because the nature of everything is fractal, which means you can look at a cell, how a cell functions, how a cell is set up, and even just the, sh the shape of a cell, and it will then help you understand larger fractals. So it, it can help you understand the planet itself. It can help you understand the human body as a whole. It can even help you understand a whole galaxy or an entire universe. Because everything is fractal. In other words, you can look at the smallest component of something to understand the largest part, or you look at the largest thing that you can think of, and it will also help you understand the smallest element of that, that huge part. And when I look at this pandemic right now, there are some really interesting patterns that we're experiencing, or in other words, in quotation marks, suffering from as a collective, that when we just look at the fractal of a collective, which you could argue is, is every single person themselves, there is a lot of correlation there. So what we're experiencing as a collective, what we're, for instance, experiencing as humankind right now is really just a representation of what each and every one of us is also experiencing on an individual level. And the way how this can relate and give us some ideas in terms of what's happening with power right now is the following. When you look at some of the, the symptoms that people experience, when they're catching the flu, when they're catching this virus, is it affects their lungs, it affects the pulmonary system, and there might be mucus production in the throat, they might also experience cough and a runny nose and feelings of fatigue, along with other symptoms. The interesting thing is, when we look at what part of the body is most affected, and then we relate that to, for instance, the chakra system, we can see that a lot of the area that's being affected by, by this virus, by this flu, is the heart chakra, which also involves the lungs and the bronchi, and then also the throat chakra as well as if a person is also experiencing issues with their sinuses, so runny nose and, and headaches, you could also argue that it also relates to Ajna, the third eye chakra. So here we have three chakras that are all about individual power and a person's perception of power. Power comes from speaking from the heart living from the heart, being from the heart. You know, if you want to be an activist, for instance, if you want to express your own power, you have to, you have to live from the heart. 
You know, you have to be compassionate. You have to uh, you have to be passionate about what what you want to fight for in life. So there we have this component of the heart chakra. The other thing about power is standing up and speaking, speaking your truth, allowing yourself to be heard, expressing your power. That is done through the throat chakra. And then what also comes to mind is Ajna, this concept of third eye chakra. Here it's about seeing, but not so much seeing it just in terms of what's right in front of you, but seeing those things that may not be visible to the naked eye. So being able to see yourself as the powerful being and also being able to see the power that the collective holds. So here we have these three three chakras, and they all tell us such a beautiful and insightful story about what is currently happening with the power of the people and the power of every individual person. And I find that to be incredibly interesting and also so benevolent because really all that is needed by us is that we are aware, that we reawaken, that we become aware of okay, what is happening right now? Even just what is happening right now with my chakras? And what can that teach me? What can I learn from just looking at, okay, what potential chakras are affected just by this pandemic itself, whether that is looking at an individual or the collective as a whole? And then what conclusions can I draw from that? And how can I support myself so that I can actually re-embrace that powerful being that I am? How can I support my heart chakra? How can I support my throat chakra and my third eye chakra to really express the power that I have and put it into action? Yeah, thank you for, thank you for sharing this. I had a lot of beautiful living images come to me as you shared everything you just shared there, Max. And I want to share something that happened right before this podcast. Right before this podcast, my partner and I, we heard a very loud, what sounded like a rattling. And it sounded like it was coming from the sky, a whimsical, rattling, spiraling sound. So we ran out side because we were like what the heck is that sound <laughs> what is going on and we saw enormous formations of herons herons everyone well over 50 maybe even close to 100 and they were flying in uh, v formations and they were going i'm assuming south right because we're approaching um we're gradually approaching winter time so we st I stood there and it was, uh, my partner said, oh, these are geese. And I said, no, those are definitely not geese. Geese don't make that sound and geese are not that enormous. <laughs> like these are huge, huge birds. And they were flying together in perfect unison. And when one would kind of get a little swayed by the wind, and move into the other, the other one would instantly move. And then all the other ones, like a beautiful wave, like a beautiful ripple wave would also move and follow suit. And more and more were coming, more of these V formation, flying V formations would, would come and go. And the call was so beautiful. And you can see that the call 
you can see that the call was letting the other formations know where to go. It was this beautiful communication with these enormous, graceful birds. They're so huge. I had no idea that the <laughs> the valley <laughs> I live in had so many herons. I was like, what? Oh my God. Like it was really mind blowing for me to see this. And then we watched this beautiful experience. We were amazed. We were in awe. And then we walked back in the house. And then a couple of minutes later, I heard the calls again. So I ran out and I saw a formation of birds going in the opposite direction. And you can see the distortion in the formation. You could see them not in harmony. You can see them kind of falling, the formation kind of falling apart. And then suddenly a handful of them turned around and started going in the right direction. And immediately all the other ones followed. And immediately their formation, the formation took a very beautiful and effortless shape. Whereas before it was just completely scattered and not harmonic. And then they started flying south along with all the other 80, 90, 100 other <laughs> birds. And what you were describing there, Max, I was seeing a lot of, again, like the sickly, diseased harmony and then the harmonious energy. We all know what that feels like, everyone. We all know when our heart, our throat, our wisdom, insightful center, our inner guidance, we all know what that feels like when it's harmonious and when it's functioning in balance. We know, everyone, we know what that feels like. Even if it's minutely, we know what that feels like. We also know what it's like to function in an erratic, sickly, dis-eased fashion as well. We know what that feels like. It feels like the birds who are literally going north <laughs> and they were teetering <laughs> and bumping into one another and like really disoriented. Yeah, because they were going against the natural flow, the harmonious energetic flow that was drawing them to their destiny. They were actually going against it. So when I look at my life, I was born in the mid 80s. When I look at my life, and I was very young. I was really young. And I remember looking around and think, and just being so angry at people, being like, why are you hurting animals? Why are you polluting the rivers? Why are, you, why are there wars? Why are we working so hard that we're getting sick? You know, I would have these dialogues in my mind at, from a young age. It took me a while to know how to deal with that. But that little girl is still there. And it's in you too, Max, that little boy. Those little pure eyes, very innocent eyes and heart, everyone, we all have that within us. We all knew, a part of us, all of us knew this whole time that there was something majorly, majorly diseased about how we were living. And we can see it in the rivers of plastic. We could see it in the freaking burning forests everywhere. We could see it in the epidemics of mental health and cancer and you know, obesity, that is a reflection of the direction we're, we are choosing. We all knew it. We all knew it. A part of us, that little innocent child knew this whole time and has continued to know this. And what does it take to quiet that child down? It takes a whole lot of distraction. It takes a whole lot of busyness and stress and hustle, a lot of distraction and a lot of things to do and a lot of keeping busy. Fortunately, it has pretty harmful effects on our inner child, on us as adults, on the environment. 
but guess what? Just like those birds flying north <laughs> when they needed to go south, they knew. So a part of us knows. We all know that this is inevitable. This awakening is it an inevitable. This remembering is inevitable. This heart and throat and third eye, like what you're talking about, Max, that they awaken and open up. This is inevitable. And it is time now because we know we can't go further anymore. Experts have been screaming in our face for like well over a decade now. Hey, if we continue living this way, there is no future for anyone, you know, in, in the next 30, 20 years, I forget what the numbers were. So a very harmonious phase we're stepping into and you might say yeah Ryan, but there's chaos everywhere wouldn't it be nice if it just went right into harmony <laughs> that would have been nice but i i don't see that happening in nature you know i i don't and i certainly don't have never really seen that happen in my life and we've talked about this a lot max you and i about how when there's a deep disharmony dis-ease within us we have to feel some scary things. And then through that feeling births a new, literally a new paradigm, a new reality. Thank you so much for sharing all of this. It's, it's brought up something, you know, as, as listeners who, who listen to this podcast a lot, as you know, I like to often go and say, okay, what can nature itself really teach us? And I don't mean that as in we are separate from nature, but I more so mean when we look at the wilderness, when we look at animals in the wilderness and even plants in the wilderness, what do we learn? What can we learn from the way things are, are done there? What you just said there, Ariane, of course there is a possibility and maybe part of us desires to just go straight to harmony. And you know, people might go, well, why do I have to go through darkness first until I, I can come out to then be greeted by the light? Or why do I have to experience pain first before I can then feel myself in the body in harmony and, and in balance again? And it's exactly that that I take into consideration and then look at nature and then receive literally all the answers that I need. In nature, when we look at how things evolve, the evolution of an animal, the evolution of a plant, it always has some kind of catalyst, some kind of driving force. And the interesting thing is, when something is in harmony, perfectly in harmony, in other words, always within their comfort zone, there is no harsh stimuli. There is no what is sometimes referred to as hormesis, which is basically the concept of we need a certain level of stress, an appropriate amount of physical or non-physical stress that then allows a system or an entire organism to adapt. Because evolution is really just adapting to the ever-changing nature of everything. I mean, that in itself is so valuable to remember. So then we can look at things, for instance, when we experience darkness, sadness, uh, grief, pain, and whatever else that we would generally just consider to be something negative, we can begin to look at it as an opportunity, as part of the power that we're given by the universe, as part of the power that is everywhere, that everyone and everything has access to. It is these moments and these instances in life 
where we're challenged, where a hormetic stressor is introduced into the life of us or a plant or an animal. And now we or the plant or the animal has to start to adapt. Because if we don't adapt, then this stressor might be the end of us. The only way we would, or an animal or a plant would actually succumb to such a stressor is if these entities lose faith in their own power and lose faith in the fact that it's part of everything. It's part of our nature, that there's always things that will come our way that will be challenging. For us, it's really about now saying, okay, I trust the benevolence of the universe or God or whatever you want to label it as. I remember that this is actually part of my power, that this is what will make me realize my power even more. For instance, when we experience darkness, when we experience anxiety and depression, and we slowly start to come out of that, that's how we start to realize all the power we have. You know, people then in retrospect, look back at it and go, wow, I've come a long way and I've done this. You know, I've done this myself. I have done the work. I've put in the time. I've put in the energy and the effort because I really wanted to keep going. I always trusted that I was meant for more. And in the end, people realize this power that is always within us, that we've just forgotten, as Ariane said earlier, um, because we like to occupy ourselves with a lot of things in life and maybe a lot of things that don't necessarily need to be. So we like to be busy. We have a tendency to put busyness over productivity, for instance, because being productive doesn't mean that you're always working. It means that when you do work, you get things done. Busyness means you're working all the time or you're distracted all the time. And that's how, um, as Ariane had put it, we just forget about the power that we have. You know, it's not that we lose our power. You could argue we lose our connection to it, but that connection we can always find again because the power itself is always there and always has been and always will be. And going back to looking at animals in the wild, for instance, and plants, and trees in the wild, it is always due to these challenges, due to these hormetic stressors, a certain appropriate level of stress that will test the system or an organism and then allow that organism or provide the organism with the opportunity to adapt. And through these adaptations, that's actually what we call evolution. Evolution is really just a process of adapting to the new, adapting to the unknown, adapting to the ever-changing nature of everything. And that's exactly what we're seeing here too. It's, you know, it's, it's not a process that kicks into gear every now and then. It's a process that is continuous. Change is continuous in this world, in this universe, in this everythingness. And at times we just notice more that the challenge appears to be greater 
than other times. But it doesn't mean that we're not continuously needing to adapt every single day, no matter how small or large that adaptation is, because change is always there. When we start to keep these aspects in mind too, and we allow ourselves to look at nature and understand that one of the reasons why we humans to this very day, even though we have Netflix and we have the internet and so many other things that keep us distracted, when we are in nature, we are still in awe. To this day, a sunset is really hard to beat or seeing fields of colorful flowers in the springtime, it's really hard to beat. Even Netflix can't beat that. And why is that? Because there is so much beauty in the continuous process of adaptation, in the continuous process of evolution that we see in nature. And it's the same for us. But sometimes we just forget to admire our personal evolution. Mm, beautiful. Beautiful, beautiful insight. Thank you so much for sharing that. I was listening to everything you're saying and I couldn't help but feel that the way we've been consenting to live is truly irrational. There is no rationality behind it. If, if, you, th <laughs> if you think about it, I'm going to live this <laughs> way. I'm going to live in this way, knowing that I'm contributing to very destructive consequences for not just my health, the health of others and for the environment. We continued to live that way for many reasons. First of all, it, it was literally a hypnosis, a hypnosis in the sense where there's so much momentum, there's so many uh, compelling images that are coming to us through media and through ads, and through everything, literally everything of the modern society. And there's also a very large influence of others around us to continue living in that way. And the distractions and the temptations, there's just so many. It's like a world of sights and sounds and colors and tastes that we just want to get our hands on and experience, but then it can become a very addictive pattern and it can become very challenging to get out of that. Coming to this point, you're talking about the stress factor, right? The stress point. Coming to a point where we're clearly seeing the stress point on every single living and non-living level. Everything right now in life is demonstrating a very high degree of a stress point, literally exasperated point. It's taking that degree of feedback for us to wake up from this hypnosis, to wake up from it, to start looking down and saying, wait a minute, there, there are chains here. I didn't see them before. <laughs> I didn't even see those before. <laughs> I was so busy. I was so distracted. Okay, so we were living in this anti-rationality world. <laughs> Again, we don't need to point fingers or anything. It's, it's literally what needed to happen and what has been happening. Okay, so we're making this discovery now. We're waking up and realizing, wait a minute, the individuals who are creating these systems are living in an enormous amount of fear. It is fear-based. Okay, do I want to feed into that? No, I don't actually. If I really take a step back and out of this bubble of chaos and anti-rationality, quite literally anti-rationality, like 
if I take a step out of it, I can see that I actually don't, my heart, my being does not want to continue this way. Okay, well, how do I want to continue? And more importantly, if that is not a real indication of power, these faces and voices that are creating these systems, it is a saturated fear-based energy that they're working from and in. If that is not a real indication of power, and it clearly isn't, I don't think anybody's going to argue that. <laughs> you know, that's not a wholesome, free power. That's not. It's the opposite. It's contained. It's contracted and it's controlled. And it's very distorted. Okay, well, then what is power? Well, what if power was the definition of it, the real fundamental definition of it? What if it is based on the opposite spectrum? What if it's based on kindness and compassion? What if it's based on uh, respect and love and truth? What if it's based on integrity and dignity and honor? You know, I see an individual embodying that and they're radiating with power. They're radiating with brilliance. I'm imagining that person and I just want to be around them now and I'm just imagining them. <laughs> That's the kind of compelling <laughs> energy. That's how compelling and radiant and, and much needed that energy is. We are naturally just like those herons that are flying south and so naturally and organically we're naturally drawn to this wholesome, integral, sovereign, compassionate energy, the real power. The power in nature is that it's wholesome, it's vital, it's radiant, it's pure consciousness, and it's loving, and it's abundant. That is real power. Okay, well, it sure as heck ain't in <laughs> these systems and faces and voices that have been enforcing, you know, this anti-rational life that we've been living. Well, where is it? Well, it must be in the people. I'm seeing people collectively everywhere demonstrating enormous degrees of sovereignty, of respect for all life, of dignity and integrity and honor for all life and humanity. Massive voices for peace and compassion and freedom. I'm seeing it in them. Okay, well, what if it was in our hands? <laughs> what if it truly was with us this whole time? Then that means we do not need to tolerate anything. We do not need to tolerate any more rivers of plastic, everyone. We don't need to tolerate any more massive burnings of forests. And it's not, a, I don't want to use tolerate because that's not it. We don't have to witness or live in that world anymore is what is a better way of saying it. We don't have to create that unconsciously anymore because whether we want to see it or not, we were contributing to that. We were contributing to those rivers of plastic and to those burning forests and to all the, it, we were contributing to it. Absolutely. Okay. We can absolutely turn this around. I don't believe it's going to take nearly uh, much effort as, <laughs> as we think, because if we have billions of us, everyone, billions of us all over the world, and if we even have a minute thought process about how we are actually the ones in power, even a tiny thought process of that. Can you just imagine what's going to happen on a consciousness level? It's already happening. The transition collectively of us literally entering into, entering into a new wavelength of consciousness. When we go into a new state of consciousness, all of matter has to follow. All of the 3D tactile world 
has to follow and reflect that. After all, the world out there is, is only reflecting what we are projecting within us, our own internal world. So can you imagine we are so quickly, and I would even argue, and I think we said this before, Max, we've, we're already there. We're already in an ascended space and planet and world. Okay, well, are we going to have to fight and get really bloody and violent? No, no, we don't even need to <laughs> go there. This is literally an, an inner revolution that's happening. And I wouldn't even use the word revolution. This is an internal, very natural shift that's occurring. And I, I know a lot of people are not seeing it right now. And I just want everybody to know, and if you're one of those people, it's totally okay. It's totally fine. You know, whatever we're seeing right now is exactly what we need to see. Whether we're seeing a massive transition of power and a huge transition of consciousness or nothing at all, it's totally fine. It doesn't mean you're less or more evolved than anyone else. <laughs> this is a reassurance for everyone that... Once a body of energy, a group of people, a frequency has been discovered and has had the, the spotlight poured on it, it can no longer continue what it's doing. And this is what's happening now. And it's absolutely beautiful. We're really looking at all of the thorns, all of the hidden warts, all of the diseased energy that has been underground it's coming to the surface and when that happens well there's going to be some big change that's going to occur and we're witnessing it now yeah it's it's beautiful in that regard because the opportunity that is there it is so incredibly charged with energy it's very beautiful to see and to experience and i just wanted to pick up on all the beautiful insights that you've shared there um, the last thing that you said, what came to my mind is the phrase, once you have seen or what you have seen, you cannot unsee. That's certainly now the case with so many of us. What we have seen, we not only are unable to unsee, but we also just don't want to continue seeing it. So we want to be part of that change, part of that progress, that evolution that is taking place no matter what. It is also very much like the story of the herons that you that you shared with us, your observation from this morning. Yes, of course you can you can try to fly against the stream, fly against your intuitive guidance, but you will and your collective will feel very distorted and chaotic. It's really about going with the stream, with the flow flying with it, floating with it, because that is where you find coherence. That is where you find balance and harmony. I also want to pick up on what you reiterated in terms of what really is power. And you said it so beautifully. And for me, it seemed to all concentrate into this one phrase. Power is when your entire world is filled with fear and you choose to show up with pure love. And that is something that we all can do at all times. We always have the choice. This is the one choice that nobody and nothing can take away from us. We can always choose love. And that also means to choose love over fear, 
so that we can face fear and that we can see the beauty in fear. Kind of like what I was talking about a little earlier in today's episode, that fear is opportunity. Fear doesn't have to be something negative or positive. Fear just is what it is. And it means that when we, sh- when we approach it with love, when we embrace it with love, we can actually utilize its energy because there is so much energy in fear to create, to create beautiful things. That's how nature does it. You know, nature, anything that challenges, it just helps animals and plants to adapt and to evolve. And we see the evolution of nature. As I said before, to this day, it is it leaves us speechless, even though we have seen so many cool things now, thanks to the Internet and streaming services and whatever else. You know, nature still keeps us in its beautiful spell. And that says a lot. The other thing that I want to share is that I understand in these times, there is a heightened level of uncertainty or what we would perceive as uncertainty. And for some or many, it might even seem like there is no hope or that they're hopeless and powerless and that the power resides within those in in higher rank positions at the top of the hierarchy. But it's important to, to question those beliefs, and it's important to just observe and to reflect on what is actually that is happening. We can look at some of the leaders of, of countries and the leaders in this world that apparently run the show, and we can see that they are governed by something. In the end, anyone, no matter how far you want to go up the hierarchy chain, in the end, these people are governed by fear. Not many at this point allowed to act from a place of love, and that is why we are in this state that we're in. And that's not just here in Canada. It's really in most countries around the world. And that's okay, because Fear really is a catalyst in itself. And right now it is so needed, but it's also needed for us to understand many of those who we think are in power and leave us powerless, they're not as powerful as we think they are. They're governed by fear and they are, they are literally contracted by the state of fear that they find themselves in. They might not even really be able to look beyond this now and make decisions that are based on love. And that is okay too, because that is part of our collective evolution and our individual evolution at at the same time. And it's important that in those situations too, when we start to realize how many people are actually governed by fear and then put out regulations and rules and so forth that are very much based on fear. For us, we have a choice. We can either say that we buy into this this fear, and by doing so, we lose our connection or continue to have lost our connection with our personal power. Or we say, I understand. I understand there's a lot of fear around and that the people that I perceive to have all the power are actually governed by fear. And I make the conscious choice to approach them and look at it all 
with love because that is always my choice. That is a choice nobody can take away from me. Some people might be able to take away from me that currently I can't go to a restaurant or to a movie without showing a vaccination passport, just as an example. But those are just choices that are on such a superficial level. It's about the choices that we always have that are so innate to us. And the choice to choose love over fear is something we all have and always will have. And that is what will allow us to utilize the fear that is in this world to create, to evolve and to develop and to bring about this change, accelerate it, allow that momentum to pick up even more speed because it is already in motion. And for me, it once again comes back to the benevolence of everything. For people that listen to our podcast a lot, you know that we bring this up quite a lot and it really is at the foundation of everything. Everything is love in the end. And that is what allows me to to never lose hope, to always be able to trust because I trust in love and love is the foundation of everything. And that is where we're, we're headed. Even if right now it seems like there is a lot of fear, but that fear has certainly its place in all of this. And to also remember that at times when we feel like we have no power and that there are other people above us that apparently have all the power, to then reflect and see, is there a possibility that maybe they are governed by fear and that actually makes them to be the powerless ones because they haven't realized that they are powerful too. And it allows us that maybe are more so at the bottom, as we would say in a, in a hierarchy order, the ones that are at the core of everything, as we're awakening to our power and reconnecting with our power that has always been there, that we are truly the powerful ones and we can drive this momentum, that we can drive this evolution, that we can be the catalyst in all of this and through as simple and as beautiful as the only concept that really matters in life, and that is love itself. Beautiful, Max. Thank you so much for sharing all of those beautiful insights and images. I'm going to share a loving image with everyone to really demonstrate what you're talking about here, Max. So Max is pointing to the idea that love is far more powerful. A love state is far more powerful than a fear state. Okay, well, let's explore that. So everyone envision yourself and you're standing in front of two, two other images of you. You have an image of you on the left, looks exactly like you, and an image of you on the right also looks exactly like you. The image on the left is embodying the power of love. See that? Feel that, connect with that. Notice the face, feel the energy, feel the presence. Embodying the power of love. Now look at the version of you on the right. This version on the right is embodying the power of fear. See the face, feel the energy, feel the presence of the power of fear. I'm going to share my experience with this. 
And then I encourage all, all of you to really look at what you're experiencing here right now. Like what, what are you experiencing? What are you seeing? And then what are you feeling? When you look at these two different expressions of power, I'm going to share my perspective here and share what I'm seeing. So I'm seeing the version of me on the left is free. <laughs> this version is free in all senses. She is light. She is expansive. She feels solid. She feels grounded. She is emanating from her heart, a very confident, loving, compassionate, peaceful, at ease energy. She's connected. She feels whole. I could see it. She's bright. She's shining. And it is such a statement of brilliance, radiance, power. I'm looking at the version of me on my right. And this version of me is the opposite, is contracted, can't even look at me in the face, is not able to stand solidly on her own two feet. She's kind of hunching forwards and she's cowering down. She does not trust. She has trouble breathing. She can't relax. She does, has no connection to herself or to the environment. She's in a survival mode. They're both functioning from a place of power. And now imagine them meeting one another. Now they're, they've turned around and they're looking at one another. The version of you on the left embodying the power of love and the version of you on the right embodying the power of fear. Now take a second look at that and just feel and, and envision what's happening. You know, you tell me where the real power is, everyone. <laughs> you tell me because I'm looking and I could see very clearly that the real power is not in fear. And it can't be. It can actually never be. Because we can very clearly see the difference here. The version on the left, the power of love, is unconditional. It is unstoppable. Nothing can mess with it. Literally nothing can mess with that. And the power of fear on the right it's literally a dartboard. <laughs> that's like the <laughs> image. That's literally the image I'm getting. It is so susceptible. The power of fear is so susceptible to attack, to being drained, exhaustion, deception. It is so susceptible to treachery, to dishonesty, to a perpetual lack of integrity. Do you know how exhausting that is, everyone? Pure exhaustion all the freaking time. That is the slave. That is the slave. The power of fear is the slave. And the power of love is the most freest expression. And all she has to do, my version of me on the left, all she has to do is just feel it and be it. That's it. That's it. Because it's what she is. It's what we all are, everyone. We are built by design to be living, ex radiant expressions of love in our life and on this planet. And it is unstoppable. Nothing can take that away from us. And then the version of us in fear is literally at the whim all the time of everything. Like it's literally constantly trying to protect itself and contain and strive. It's just in, literally in survival mode. And it's the ultimate stress of, uh, it's so stressful. You know, these feelings and these living images can really help us. It's a big part of my work and my own my own daily life it speaks for itself and 
I'm sure we all felt something, even if it was minutely. Listen to that. Really listen to that, everyone, because it's kind of screaming obvious <laughs> where the real where the real power lies. It's kind of screaming obvious, like, and it's yeah. okay. It's okay, everyone, that we have not seen it before because we have been under a very benevolently designed hypnosis. So thank you, Justin Trudeau, for... (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Justin Trudeau. Thank you, uh, all the other leaders, you know, of this planet who are so fear-based and so, like, leading and speaking from such a space of dishonesty and lack of integrity. Thank you, because you're reminding me, you're reminding all of my collective family that we are the ones that are truly in power. It is us. Yeah, it really is. It is something that is easily forgotten. And I think we we all have our personal stories to tell about that. But because love is everything and it is this creative force, this creative energy that has allowed us to be here in this world, has allowed this this planet to be, this universe, literally everything. And that in itself is something that we can find a lot of peace within. That even when there is fear, that even the fear itself really just comes from a place of love. Because the fear, as we, you know, we both shared in this episode today, is really just a catalyst, is a reminder. And there is a very good reason why Ariane even thanked those who are in fear for the reminders that they are Mm -hmm. because that too is just love fear itself is based within love because it's just a temporary force that has purpose to remind us to remind us that it is about love itself it is as if you could say night the darkness of the might night just reminds us of the day it's that that i find so benevolent once again and just that puts such a big smile on my face that there is literally nothing that we need to worry about and (laughs) there is nothing that we need to fear not even fear itself Mm. because in the end it is all love even fear itself is based within love and has a very loving intention that Mm. is how i would like to conclude today's episode for myself that fear itself has a very loving purpose. Wow. Thank you, Max. Beautiful. And fear itself is also desperately looking for the power of love, everyone. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. This is a beautiful, beautiful place to conclude. (laughs) I'm so contemplative right now. I'm, we're going to conclude this podcast and I'm just going to go in the forest and sit there for a long while (laughs) because... (laughs) this was like a really fantastic journey and I feel so empowered. Don't you? Yes. (laughs) So empowered. Thank you so much, Max, for your fantastic insight. Thank you for sharing. Thank you everyone for listening. Oh, wow. It's been such a pleasure. And just, I feel the love that is all around us. Um, Thank you for creating this loving space today, Ariane. And thank you for everyone out there loving, being inspired, being brave, and just being themselves. We really, really appreciate you all.
We really do. Thank you so much. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.